Welcome to the Spark to Your Success. My name's TJ Dow, and I believe we all have a bright spark inside. When you find yours and light it up, not only do you light up inside, and that feels amazing, but you light up the world around you, allowing other people to feel that amazing too. What a great gift to give to you and the people around you. The Spark to Your Success podcast is designed to bring you a little inspiration, a little bit of insight and some positivity to your day. So welcome to this episode of the Spark to Your Success for young people and of course the younger heart. This week I want to tell you a story. I've called it the tale of two viruses. <laughs> the story I'm about to tell you is real and it's really happening and I want you to imagine that it's happening to you and ask yourself as we go along, what would I do? So here's where it begins. You have booked yourself a short break, a long weekend, a holiday for a few days, and it will be a holiday to relax and enjoy, a holiday to a place that you've wanted to go to for years. It's been on the top of your bucket list for so long and you're excited that you finally booked it and you get to go there. You've been exploring where to go when you get there, what chips can you book in advance, what sightseeing can you do. You are going to have the most amazing time exploring it for yourself and by yourself because you are going alone. By choice, I have to add, by choice. A couple of weeks before you're due to depart, there's a strange new illness. It began in a faraway land. It's a kind of like flu-like thing that no one's seen before and at the moment there is no cure. Some people have died and there are many more infected but it is on the other side of the world, far far away. As well as this infection, a tiny seed of a second more powerful virus has just been released. Two weeks before you go, you're due to go on this dream long weekend the original virus from the faraway land has spread. More cases in that land, but it's now started to appear in other countries too. And it's all over the news and the media are having a field day with it. They're reporting on it constantly and people are getting worried about it, even though it's still far away. But now the second more powerful virus is also beginning to take hold and people are beginning to be a little irrational. Will you still take your trip? People are asking you that question. Are you still going to do go? Are you really still going to travel? What will you do? Will you cancel your dream trip? One week before you travel, there are several cases in the north of the country that you're traveling to. The village has been quarantined and people are advised not to travel to that part of this country that you're travelling to. But it's many, many miles from where you're going. The second more powerful virus, though, is now spreading rampantly around the globe at a much faster and fearsome pace. But you, you're young, you're healthy and your travel agent hasn't cancelled the trip. People are asking you, are you really going to go to that country where that virus is in the north? What will you do? Are you still going? A few days before your trip, with still only a few cases in your country of origin, like where you live right now, and none locally to where you live, 
You notice that? People are not only talking about it, it's not only all over the news, but you take a trip to the local supermarket and it looks like it's been ransacked. <laughs> People are actually locally, where there's no cases at all, stockpiling not just food, but toilet rolls. Toilet rolls, for crying out loud. The shelves are bare. They've long since panic bought face masks, which incidentally are not very useful in this uh, viral outbreak. And hand sanitizer is long since also sold out. Mm, soap and water would just be as good. Anyway, more importantly, the second more powerful virus is now infecting people at an unprecedented rate, causing them to act completely irrationally. And they are spreading the second virus at an alarming rate from person to person to person to person. It's epidemic. The second more powerful virus is now even more powerful than it was before. Your trip is just days away now. You are still young, you are still healthy, and your travel agent still has not cancelled your trip. What will you do? Have you cancelled it yet or are you still going to go? People keep asking you that, oh my gosh, are you really going to go? Two days before you leave for your exciting adventure, the local hospital that has become a designated quarantine facility admits its first infected patient. They're not local, but they're admitted to the local facility. People locally are scared. People locally are spreading rumours that it is a local person and rumours abound. People are now really beginning to panic. Many businesses are making a lot of money from the powerful outbreak of the second virus and are enjoying spreading the second virus to make the most of the opportunity while they can. Many events have been cancelled at home and abroad as the second virus now rages out of control. Even local social events, clubs and sporting events are being cancelled. Many other businesses not profiteering from the second more powerful spread of that virus are now beginning to suffer because of the power of the second more powerful virus. Many businesses will not survive even though they will not be infected by the first virus that came from far away. Your trip has not been cancelled, but more people are now asking you, really, are you still going to travel? It's the day before your trip. Many people are now in panic mode. The news is full of advice. We're no longer supposed to shake hands or hug. I had my temperature taken at the Business Breakfast Networking meeting before I was allowed in. <laughs> what? <laughs> Seriously. People are totally under the influence of the second more powerful virus and it is getting out of control. You're leaving early tomorrow morning in the early hours of the airport and your trip has not been cancelled. Are you still going to go to that country which is forever in the news now because of the number of growing cases in the north? You go to bed early to get up at 2.30am to drive to the airport at 3.15am. Just as you're about to leave, you check your email to discover that one of your flights to get you back home 
four days away has just been cancelled. You need to leave right now though to get your flight out and you don't have time to deal with it right now or you're going to be late. What are you going to do? Will you decide not to risk it? What if you can't get home and not go? Or will you decide to leave for the airport anyway? At least you can make the decision en route or when you get there rather than just not go. Or will you just go ahead anyway, knowing that there's a risk that you might get home? Because if you cancel the trip, there will be no compensation because you cancelled not the booking agent. What are you going to do at this point? It's 3.15am. You are about to leave the house. Will you go to the airport and see if you can just sort it out when you get there? Because there'll be airline information desks, but they probably won't be open at 4.30 in the morning. Or maybe you'll be able to check in with the check-in staff. I'm not sure they'll be able to help. Or has the second virus got to you and you're beginning to change your mind? Is it sending you into panic? At this point, how many of you would have even got this far? (laughs) Or long since succumbed to the second more powerful virus and cancelled it ages ago? Even those of you who didn't cancel your trip days ago, if not weeks ago, would you give in now at 3.15am having seen that email? Or must the show go on? So you drive to the airport... (laughs) and you're still staying positive, try not to let that second more powerful virus infect you. You know that the airline information desks won't be open when you get there and the check-in staff probably won't be able to help you out, but you're going to try anyway. You get to the airport and park, it's 4.30 in the morning, it's minus five degrees. (laughs) You get to departures and for some reason, even though you've used this airport many times, the departure signs direct you a different way than usual. You miss the check-in desks altogether and before you know it, you're in the line for security and going straight through to the other side, to the departure lounges on the duty-free side. There is no chance to ask anyone about your flight home. How would you be feeling? A little nervous? Did the second more powerful virus start to display its symptoms of rapid heart rate, shallow breathing, headache, confusion? Or are you resisting its infectious nature? hazard a guess that most of the population would have even got this far into the journey by now and if they did the panic would most likely have set in now and be gripping them knowing that they are the other side of security in the airport and their flight is just an hour away only a few would now be in the departure lounge queuing for a peppermint tea and ready to sit and look at the phone number of the airline to see what they can do would that be you So right now, in the queue for a peppermint tea, you don't have anyone with you to help you work this out. You don't have anyone to reassure you or thankfully to panic you either. So you get your peppermint tea and you sit down on a seat where you can see the departure boards, keeping your eye out for a gate and you call the airline. You look at the number, you've got your laptop. A lovely young lady answers your call. You're just 40 minutes away from boarding your flight for the trip that you've been so excited about. You let her know that you are at the airport and your flight home in four days has been cancelled. So you're calling to see if it can be rescheduled, please. She is most helpful and efficient. And within five minutes, you have new flight details and a confirmation email. 
you are good to go and to get home. You arrive at your destination effortlessly, so thrilled that that second more powerful virus did not get you yet. The taxi you book from the airport to the hotel is on time, and even though the driver's a little crazy, but that's the norm for the country that you're in, you enjoy the thrill of the ride and arrive safely to your hotel. You get checked in, you unpack, and off you go to find a lunch and then to go sightseeing. You have your agenda in mind and you have the most amazing adventure for the first two days. It is the most wonderful place. It's more than you dreamt of. And it's unusually quiet. That's because the people who didn't get infected with the first virus from far away did get infected from the second more powerful virus and they all just stayed away just in case. It's fabulous. It's like you've got the place to yourself, your own private viewing. This place that is normally so crowded is just crowd free. It's awesome. You get to see everything that you wanted to see and more. Day three is your last full day. You have a trip to the top of a volcano planned and then back to the tourist attraction to see a couple of more things that you wanted to go back to. So off you set to the bus stop, which is near the entrance of the tourist attraction. And you notice that it's after 10am, but the gates are still locked. Odd, you think? wonder why the gates are still locked. Didn't think they opened later just because it was a Sunday. And as you're waiting for the bus, a man comes up and tapes a notice to the gates of the attraction. You see a few people huddle, looking perplexed and walk away, shaking their heads. It turns out that the attraction is now closed for the foreseeable future because of the perceived threat of the virus from far away. And that even if it's in the north of the land, the second more powerful virus is now infected even more people and is heading up the panic. Wow, the government have closed all attractions in the whole country. The bus arrives for your trip to the volcano. The driver announces there is no fare. It's free today. We all get on grateful to be going and for free. Yep, yippee. (laughs) So you take your seat and you set off for the mountain. And just as you are setting off for the mountain, a text comes through, breaking news. It says that the country that you're in has just put... 16 million people in lockdown for at least a month. Drastic measures have been introduced to try and stop the spread of the first virus from the faraway land. This, of course, now massively increases the impact of the second more powerful virus as it is now seemingly completely out of control. You take your trip to the volcano and then realise that the trip is free because when you get to the car park as far as the coach can go, You can go and look at the view, but the walk to the top is closed because the government just closed all the attractions, right? Oh, it was so close. You could see the top of that volcano, but you ain't going to get there. So you take some photographs and you're grateful that you saw the amazing view and you get back on the bus and make your way back down the mountain. (laughs) Just as you get off the bus and you're walking back to your hotel, wondering what to do for the rest of the day. A message, text message comes through to tell you that your flight home's been cancelled again. (laughs) Your flight is cancelled. The country's in lockdown. Will you now succumb and give in to that second more powerful virus? It's been doing its best to infect you. Is this it? Is this the last final straw? Now, I know most of you would never have even made it into the country. You would have long since given up the trip and the experiences of a lifetime and given into that second most powerful virus. But for those of you who would still be with me on this trip, even though we're both going alone, I wonder 
whether you would at this point have given in to that mind virus. You wander back to the hotel, at first wondering, will you get home? Then thinking of the consequences if you don't get home, and then a backup plan, just in case you don't, and then realise what you focus on is what you get, and you are not getting that. So thoughts now quickly turn to, of course I'm getting home. Of course I am. It'll be easy. There's no other outcome. I am getting back home and I'm not going to think about any other result. And that little bit of anxiety that crept in is gone. Joy is restored. You get back to the hotel to find your booking details and the lovely young lady at the airline customer service that effortlessly puts you on a new flight. Actually, on an even better flight than the one you were booked on before and all is good. Phew, escape the clutches of the second, more powerful virus yet again. So as I'm recording this, this is all true. I'm here in Pompeii, an ancient city in Italy near Naples, and I have had the most wonderful time exploring the ruins of a city that was buried by volcanic ash 2,000 years ago. It's an incredible place that was only discovered by accident a couple of hundred years ago and slowly has been uncovered again to reveal what life was like all that time ago. I would not have missed it for the world and I certainly not for the minute threat of a virus from a land far away. To me, a fit, healthy, and yes, I consider myself young person, not at all at risk or in a vulnerable group for this illness. I've successfully resisted the more dangerous and perilous infection of the second more powerful virus, the virus of your mind, a meme that's infecting people with worry and anxiety and fear and panic and irrational actions. I refuse to manifest either type of the virus into my body and mine because, well, I know Bob. Do you know Bob? If you don't know Bob, go to the website, go to the blogs page and look up Bob. If you listen to many of my episodes, you will know about my friend Bob. I understand that my thoughts are my choice, therefore my feelings are my choice, and my actions are my choice, and my outcomes are my choice, and I do not choose the virus of the negativity and the scaremongering that is infecting so many people and causing so much worry and damage to the economy because of it. So what are you choosing to believe right now? Is it serving you and the people around you, infecting them with positivity and good outcomes, or are you spreading that negative memes that cause disempowering effects? So I challenge you, a little challenge for the end of this episode, to make a concerted effort to get your energy, to get your fuel from infecting people with positive means. Join me this week in igniting happiness and peace and joy. You've been listening to me, TJ Dow, on the Spark to Your Success podcast. As always, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this and answer any questions you have. So do connect with me via the website. Go to www.backontractteens.com or email me at tj at backontractteens.com. And until next time, be the spreader of infectious positivity. Bye for now.